Hi, my name is Anamika Hops, and this is The Art Friend Show, where every conversation focuses on getting to know the essence of creativity itself. I'd love to invite you as well to join me inside of Art Friend School, where we go deeper into these topics and join in with other art friends around the world. Thanks so much for joining us, and let's get to the show. Welcome to the Art Friends Show. Here's an artist you're gonna love to know. Hi, I'm Anamika Hops. I'm an artist in Portland, Oregon, and this is the Art Friends Show where we make friends with our creativity and each other. Today we have Casey Smith joining us as our guest. Hi, Casey. She's gonna request to join the call and I'll invite her on in a moment. I can't wait for you to see her work. She's multifaceted, working in different mediums and has a really cool story to share as well. Here we go. There you are. Hello. Hello. Hi. Can you please tell everyone your name, where you live and what you make? Yeah, my name is Casey Smith. Um, my first name is spelled K-A-C-I. And I live in Richmond, California, which is in the Bay Area outside San Francisco. And I do weaving, I do collage, painting, um, mixed media. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the gamut of it. Can we see some examples of what you're making? Okay, so <laughs> right that's now I'm so obsessed cool. with these little like wishbone weavings and branches. Um, so I've got my, I don't know if you could see yeah. my little uh, food container <laughs> filled with these. Perhaps so we can check it out. Yeah, so you're actually weaving among wishbones. Wow. Yeah, these are all little tiny here. Some of them are actually quite large. They're like turkey wishbones. Oh, oh wow. Yes. Gosh, I love your, I love the color stories on all of your weaving. Thank you. And I'm like, the other thing with the little ones, I'm doing a lot of like trying to do an ombre. Oh, cool. Phase. Yeah. Wow. So, so those have been really fun. And I, so I'm obsessed with those. I'm actually going to go today and talk to a gallery to see if they might be interested in framing them for me and figuring out how to display them. And, um, and then the other part of the weaving is the branch weavings I've been doing. Uh-huh. And those are actually, let's see, I have a big tub. Uh, these guys. Those are so amazing. <laughs> they're just, they're, it's just fabulous. I'll never look at branches the same. You won't. No. <laughs> you never want to go on a hike with me because I'm constantly staring at the ground, picking things up. Oh. We would get along great because I'm like on my belly looking at the flowers, <laughs> the, the native wildflowers. <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. So can you tell us the story of how you reunited with your art? Yeah. Um, so I, I went to college for textile design at, in Philadelphia, um, graduated in the mid-90s and moved to California right after that. Um, and then I did get a job as a hand weaver. Oh, um, wow. Cool. Yeah. So I was weaving giant rugs for the interior design trade. And um, I did that work for about four years. 
And then the company moved away and I didn't want to transfer to a new city. So I, I kind of did the like retail job work, trying to make art in my studio for a little while. And then I guess when I was about 30, um, I just sort of gave up on the art part and got a full-time job in sales, which is the job I still have now. And I do love it. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to focus on making money, being able to buy a house in the Bay Area, which is very expensive to do. Yeah. Um, and my art just sort of like petered out until I wasn't making it at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling guilty about that, feeling shame around it um, because I had a degree in art and I felt like I should be at least having a job or making art in something related to my degree. And I was in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I always had this like I always relate it to like a little pilot light yeah. that is still, still there in your appliance, <laughs> even if you're not lighting it up yeah. with yeah. something. And I always had the pilot light going. I would do like Christmas cards or little creative things here and there. Um, And then when I did buy a house, my top priority was a place to make art and studio space. So um, it was always there, like simmering under the surface, knowing that it would come back. I just didn't know when it would happen. And the longer it took, the worse I felt about it. And Mm -hmm. then I I bought a house and there was a studio and I wasn't even utilizing it. So there was like guilt around that. Um, but I would say when I, about like 2018, um, when I was 45, I, I did the hundred day project, which I had sort of like, like watched my friends do my art, my artist friends doing it for a few years and thinking about doing it. But I took the plunge and I did little, a little collage every day for a hundred days straight. Yeah. And I honestly feel like that was the, the spark to the pilot light that I needed. Um, just getting into like a daily practice and doing it, even if I was tired or didn't feel like it Mm -hmm. or, you know, Mm -hmm. after work, before work. Um, and yeah, and since then I've done the hundred day project three times. Wow. I'm not I'm not doing it now because I'm doing another online course, but I'm all about supporting other people that are in yeah. the hundred days, which is why I wanted to pop on here and Thank meet you. you because I'm really proud of what you're doing and mm-hmm. yeah, so I love I have FOMO for sure when I'm not doing it, but I do love like cheering on everybody that is that is in it. That's amazing. And there's, thank, well, okay, I'm going to kind of work backwards. So thank you for recognizing the like potent transformative power of this project for, you know, for me as a hundred day structure, knowing you've done it three times and, and we've all watched so many of our peers do these projects and, um, you know, really figure something out or overcome something. Um, so yeah. that's exciting to co-create in that way. And then to talk a bit to the really important piece that you shared, I love your metaphor of a pilot light, like on a gas appliance. Mm-hmm. I love, love that you never 
imagined it went out entirely. Mm -hmm. Your spark and your desire to make art. And I don't know about you, but but if like that pilot light is in me in times in my life when I'm not making art, like it's irritating AF. It's so uncomfortable because <laughs> you, you need to be creating, right? There's yeah, that. it's like I, and I think having a full-time job is a blessing and a curse in that way too, because I'm lucky that I do have that job where I don't have to rely on my art to make an income. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are days where I go to work and I just want to be in my studio and I, you know, and it's like having this itch all yeah. day that I can't scratch. Like I, I just, <laughs> so it's like, there's two sides of it. I appreciate both. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So the, the thing about not relying on my art for my income, the problem with that is that I, I have like completed art that's just encroaching on me and taking over my space. So I do need to figure out a way to release some of it out into the world. Seems like the partnership with a gallery, if this one that you're about to approach is in is in alignment, that'll be great. If not, there are heaps. I need to read you some of these comments. Um, someone just said, however long Casey has been away from her practice, her time is now. Her work is extraordinary. Oh. So oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Some representatives out there ready to promote that you. is awesome yeah I appreciate that so much yeah so um that sense of returning to your art um tell me how it's been so it's been you know a, a half a decade since you did that first hundred day project and um it's been amazing. I mean, I, I do try to do something every day, whether it's weaving or getting out into the studio. I, I'm a morning person, so I will hop out there before work a lot of the time, sometimes before it's even light out, um, and try to get in at least 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like it's the, the leaving and the returning that helps. And even if you're just out there for 15, 20 minutes looking at your art, Mm -hmm. that could spark something. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it has been amazing. I mean, now I used to have all this guilt around not making art. And now my guilt is shifting to like all the things I probably should be doing and that I'm neglecting because I am making art instead. Like, oh, interesting. Weeding so the garden and, you know, <laughs> maybe guilt, maybe guilt's just like how you roll, you know, it's just one of the ways. <laughs> it's got to find a place. <laughs> yeah. Holy. I am oh, lucky my though. My husband um, works from home and he, he really does do everything to enable me to, to make art. I don't, I don't cook. I don't clean. He <laughs> Awesome. I mean, Go he's, he's, he's in the kitchen now. So I have to do I have to give him some props. Hi, Chris. <laughs> he can you. hear me. <laughs> but it, honestly, it's true. Like, I don't think I could do this without his support. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I grew up in that family. My mother is an artist. And for example, she's writing a book right now. And it's normal in our family that she's just been like, writing like in a blanket for it for days like just doing her work mm -hmm. and I really appreciate having that modeled for me that there's times 
I mean, she's also incredibly supportive and available and there for people and all of that. But there are times when that creative process is going to be the utmost priority. And in a family unit, it's really helpful if that's understood over the give and take of the long term. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm looking at like my long game, I'm playing the long game now and looking to the next decade, like another yeah. maybe 10 years of working and then hopefully retire early enough that I can just make art yeah. um, before I get too old to, to really do it. <laughs> you know, it's never too late and, and we're all uh, we're all right on time. We're all like on the planet at the same moment, even if we're different ages or different stages of our career. And I hear you. I mean, I feel like that's like all like the the sense of wanting to really explore potential is that is that resonating in the sense of like I have something to say in this lifetime and like can it be made through me and can we get there ASAP? Because it seems like time's running out. It that feels very familiar to yeah. me too. Creative. I think that and also like the art making for me is the closest thing that I can remember to feeling like a kid mm. and just playing. Mm -hmm. Um and, and that feels so good. Mm -hmm. it's, I just want to do that. So oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I want that for you too. <laughs> Can you talk a bit about making art in community and what that's been meaning to you more lately? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's been that's been big for me in the past year, I would say, because I think we get we start feeling really isolated in our own studios. You're just in this bubble where you're alone with your thoughts. And I, um, I've learned that, that I do need to make art with other people mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis. So I have a little art group that meets once a month. Um, there's like five of us and then we have special guests come in when we have space mm -hmm. and we sometimes we'll have a theme for the day and other times we'll just go free form and just work on whatever we want to be working on. But it's like this parallel play where we can bounce ideas off of one another and just be, just hang out and have fun and gossip and do all that too Ooh. while we're making. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the other thing I've um, discovered is art retreats within mm -hmm. the past year. So I did go to Morocco in November with uh, Mady and Faith's retreat, which was incredible. There's, um, so that's like, ugh, just such good, such good people, such a fun way to explore and also super lush and gorgeous. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Travel is definitely one of my, my main things. And I want, I always wanted to go to Morocco um, so it just seemed like the perfect combination, a place that I'd always wanted to visit and art, making art at the same time with a bunch of cool women. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was my 50th birthday present to myself. And then, Probably. yeah, I'm going to try to do more of that mm -hmm. type of thing. It's, it was great. Where do you want to go next? If you could. I am, I'm going to do their Costa Rica trip in 2014. 24 uh, actually i'll be leaving one year from today <laughs> on april fool's day yeah that's awesome <laughs> cool 
Nothing. So yeah, and there's a couple, yeah. couple women from Morocco, the Morocco group that are going. So I'm excited to like have a little reunion with them. That's wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, um, there's a question here from Claire Studio. Does she have plans for larger scale weaves? Yes. I mean, it's funny. My my weaving practice, I've been like going smaller and smaller and smaller and tinier with it. And then my painting practice, I'm trying to scale up larger. Yeah. So <laughs> they're kind of the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I do have some ideas for going larger with the weaves. Maybe yeah. I, I mean I always want to like climb up into a tree and actually weave one right in. I think um, that that would be fucking incredible. Videographer with you would be also pretty fun <laughs> for us, so we could see that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's kind of like the dream, but that's, hasn't happened yet. That's the kind of thing I would want to help you like get a grant to do you know something that's like a like just like so fanciful but really cool and that really weaves in with your interest in urban forestry I know that that's a whole nother topic <laughs> but can you just <laughs> quickly give us a tiny summary of how that relates yeah, so I, um, in 2011, I was one of the co-founders of a urban forestry nonprofit called Richmond Trees. So yeah. we plant, we plant street trees here in our city for people yeah. for free. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I've been doing that for over a decade. It's, it's pretty exhausting work because we physically actually put the trees in the ground and, yeah. and care for them for the first three years um and i think we've done about 800 or 800 to a thousand yeah. Uh, wow. yeah so that's that's something that's really absorbed a lot of my time and attention and passion for the past 10 years and i'm i'm kind of trying to phase out of it and but also still keep it going because it is an amazing it is an amazing program so. That's so cool. So it's something that you founded and poured a lot of time into and perhaps am I sensing that art is now getting your time. I mean, I think sometimes our role as the type of people whose, you know, ideas are always visiting us is to really cause that idea and, and hand them off. So that, that feels, that it's feels just, like really congruent with your work and your path. Yeah, and I think it's also sometimes difficult to accept that you can't do everything mm -hmm. that you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you really have to pick and choose the areas in your life that you're going to put your time and attention. Um, yes. Otherwise, you're not really doing a service to any of those pieces. So that's Amen. that's kind yeah. of where I am right now. The art is the art is like top. That's I'm so excited that you're making time for it because your art is so freaking cool. Thank you. And absorbing and yeah, I want to see you. I'm just excited to watch it now, getting to know you better in this conversation. Thank you. Um, we do have a question here from a viewer. Do you mind if I speak to it a little bit? Sure. Okay, so El Chimate is asking, hi, I know you. Are there any local art retreats in the US? Not everyone has the budget to travel far. So I, I have a couple ideas for you here. So, um, you know, 
my come up in this career has been from age 27 to 37. I'm now 37 and mm -hmm. I have been self-supporting and I've had a spouse. Now, I'm going through a divorce, but he contributed mightily to my ability to take such risks. Mm -hmm. um, so that transparency on the table. I used to teach retreats a lot. That was kind of the foundation of my career. And the style of retreats I taught were much more ex like they were in the like 400 to $700 range, perhaps for a three day workshop. Mm -hmm. um, but to really run a business around offering retreats, it needs to be like thousands of dollars mm -hmm. for um, all the risk that the retreat uh, organizer is taking on to, to reserve a space and cause like that experience and, and also to dedicate that huge chunk of their um, annual working hours to such an experience. So yes, that kind of from the perspective of having run retreats and seen a lot of behind the scenes, they're appropriately priced when they're something that's like once in a lifetime for most people. <laughs> um, however, if you're wanting this retreat experience, I've done it in a scrappy way, a ton of different ways. So I've, um, what I do um, most often is rent a house with a bunch of friends and we have our own retreat. It's not hosted by anyone else. We split the cost of the lodging and we all team up on meals. Mm -hmm. And so for example, we're going to go away for three nights and I think the lodging is under $200 a person and then we're all providing food and we're having a retreat. So that's a, a much more kind of do-it-yourself retreat. Another thing that I've done to go on a couple of really incredible, uh, like, well-hosted retreats is to work. So I've taught yoga at these, you know, I, you know, Moonlight as a movement instructor. So I, I've found ways to, like, help out or be an assistant or take photographs or mm -hmm. do something that's um, beneficial to also contribute. So there's many ways if you really want to get yourself in that room or in that space, um, be creative, ask for what you need and, and see what happens. Thank you so much, Casey, for letting me go on that. Oh, sure. Rap. sure. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, yeah. that's really, really good advice. Because I've done um, a little bit of that too. I, a, a friend, an artist friend of mine, and I have gone on just a two person retreat in the uh -huh. past for like lo locally we wouldn't go too far from where we live yeah. and just spend like two nights and bring fill the car with art supplies and yeah you know just sit hang out and make art there so that that's, that's one we've mm -hmm. done a couple of times and i'm actually gonna see a couple of friends that i went to college art school with um that i've had an over 30 plus year friendship with um in the summer and we're going to just do a little three person art yeah. retreat. So there you yeah, go. Absolutely. So, just totally organizing it and having the audacity to ask some people to do it with you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Do you also know about, um, this might be cool for you, Casey, in terms of when you start to think about taking working less than full time and like going immersive or even taking some vacation time. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done an artist residency? No, it's on the bucket list. I feel like your idea for this weaving thing, there's a residency out here on the Oregon coast at the Sitka Center for Art and Ecology. And it's like the intersection of art, nature, and humanity. 
and you could like climb a tree on Cascade Hut and do your weaving. But um, there's a website called the Alliance of Artist Communities, I believe. Okay. If you search those keywords, you should be able to find it. The Alliance of Artist Communities. And they have a search engine for all artist residencies that are official enough to pay dues to that professional organization. And you can filter by like length of time, if they pay you to come, if they're free to come, if you have to pay to go. But those are really cool ways to immerse in your art and, and follow through on a wild idea. Yeah, that's definitely on the bucket list is some sort of residency where I can like finish a thought from yeah. start to finish. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. There's one here um, in uh, Northern California called In Cahoots. Uh -huh. it's, in, uh -huh. it's up in Petaluma. I, I'd love to give them a shout out because they are, that's an amazing one too. Cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can just see you like doing like, like just going from residency to residency with your work. It's so engaging and responsive to like materials. Yeah, cool. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I hope so. You never know. Yeah, well, if you ever want any, um, like beyond this conversation, Casey, if you ever want just a pep talk on that sort of thing, I feel like you're so ripe for applying and I'd be happy to to be your hype woman okay i might take you up on that yeah and if i come to portland we'll have to meet i would love that yeah come on over i take or i've taken my nephew my nephew is a teenager and he loves to he's a skateboarder and i brought him up there to burnside so he could skate at burnside oh that's yes. awesome good yeah auntie move that I'm, is solid i'm the best aunt ever wow you can tell that's amazing <laughs> i mean that's like a legendary skate spot yeah that's it was so really, really fun we might have to come back yeah well, please do i'm happy. i'm like the mom that you know tears around the name <laughs> i don't know <laughs> as we do well this has been wonderful i think we're gonna wrap up our interview and um I'm going to publish this. If, if anyone's been watching, please comment and love her up. It's been so nice to get to just highlight you and get to know you better. And um, we'll see you again. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Yeah. This was really fun. Totally. Bye for now. Bye. I'd love to have you inside of Art Friends School, where we go deeper into these topics Follow the link that's in the show notes or find it on my website at onamika.com.